today, I am speaking to a lot of people here that are in different seasons of life. Some of y'all are in seasons where you've, you've, you're, you're done working, you're, you're, you're retired. Some of you are in seasons where you're about to start working and just getting odd jobs here and there. And some of you are nowhere close to starting to work. And that's okay. The principles of work actually transcends occupation. It transcends occupation. Because there's a lot of work that is not that which brings you money, even though we're going to talk about that today. <clears throat> but it's what God gives you to do. And so, in fact, our work and our, <clears throat> our purpose in life has to be connected. We'll talk about that too during the course of this series. And your purpose lasts as long as you do. Okay? If you're still breathing, you still have purpose. You're still necessary. There's still a reason why you're here. You're not just using up oxygen and we're all kind of waiting for you to give back your share. No, you're still here for purpose and you're here because God needs you still here. And so I want you, if you're, if you're retired today, I want, <clears throat> I want you to listen to these things and hear that God has got work for you to do here still. And that God's purpose is still going to give you these things that we're going to be talking about. <clears throat> which will enable you to still worship Him through work. And we're going to define work next week. We're going to talk about work as um, service. And the following week we're going to talk about work as, as mission. And so within all of these Titles, we're going to discuss various mindsets that disable us from seeing ourselves still able to work as if for the Lord. Not as if, to work for the Lord in whatever we do. How many of you are really, really looking forward to tomorrow? To Monday morning? Okay, that's great. Like, when we started doing social media posts, etc. Um, our, our team started doing a whole lot of posts about Sunday. And so when we discussed it, we started realizing, but hey, if every day of the week is as important as Sunday, we have to also do a whole lot of posts about Monday, the Monday to Thursday, Saturday, the grind, right? And so thank God it's Monday became like a thing that we need to remember. Okay, how many of you go like, thank God it's Friday? <laughs> All right. I want to say to you that if you get God's principles of work down in the bottom of your soul, you'll say with me, thank God it's Monday. Thank God it's Monday. There's something incredibly powerful and beautiful that God gives us through work that I want us to discuss. I want us to pull apart and then help Help us to transform our thinking. Okay, so I want to read you this verse, this next verse, Romans 12, verse 2 says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, and what is good and acceptable and perfect. Good, acceptable, and perfect. Work is such a big part of our lives. It's just utterly sad if we're struggling and suffering through it the whole time. 
Okay. Statistics indicate that the average worker who retires will have worked, this is just the average, I know many of you all do more than this, 90,000 hours in his or her lifetime. It's kind of like 45 years of 40-hour weeks. I know some of you all do double that and, you know, without a blink. <clears throat> and that doesn't include volunteer work at the church or chores around the house. All work is worship. All work is worship. Work is a colossal fact of life. You cannot get around this life without thinking about work. You just cannot. It's going to always confront you. It's going to always be a question that you have to figure out. And so <clears throat> God has incredible promise for us in the work area, area of work in our lives. But our mindsets and attitudes toward it can very often just just disqualify us from receiving anything good from it. And so we suffer through it. Um, so what's your attitude toward work right now? And I want to ask you, where did that attitude come from? Right? A whole lot of people view work as just a necessary evil. It's the only way to finance and pleasure. They see work as something that's in the way of their personal happiness, but they got to do it. So with an attitude like this, you know, it doesn't surprise me that most people kind of show up late and leave early when it comes to work. But if you see work is fundamentally different, is fundamentally something from and of God, then it switches your attitude to how you approach it, and it brings life from it. So I'm going to talk about us nurturing a biblical attitude towards work, biblical mindsets about work, that I know that if we see work to God the way God wants us to see it, we'll be able to understand why God made work. Did y'all know that God made work? Now, it's funny because the Greeks believed that the gods hated men, and that's why they made work, to punish us. How many of you believe that? Right? Well, you're Greek, okay? You're not Christian. I'm just messing. The Christian God made work as a blessing. Did y'all know that the concept of retirement doesn't actually exist in the Bible? Did y'all know that? Biblically, you retire when you check out. Now, does work change over time? Yes. And are we in our full right as humanity to define periods of work and, you know, how we do that and what we do with other periods? Yeah, we can run our own lives. We can decide how we want to do that. So you're at full authority to say to yourself, I'm going to retire when I'm 65 and then I'm going to, you know, do something else. But when you do, when you, when you, when you think of the something else, I want you to think of it not as something that is nothing, I want you to think of something that is still defined by God. Something that still is within God's prerogative to bring uh, authority to, to bring definition to. And it's still my job to go and say, God, how does this season of my life now align with your will and with your agenda for my life? So let's jump into some of these mindsets that cause us to just be so well adjusted to the pattern around us that we fit into it without even thinking. Okay. And so for those of you who are kind of like, you know, young and you're still like preparing for work, 
Here's your responsibility right now is your preparation for work. It's your schooling. And so how do you view your schooling? Do you view it as a necessary evil? Or is it something that you find God's joy, God's purpose, and God's pleasure from? Even your attitude towards your work can be, can be greatly blessed if you understand that work is not the curse. How many of you thought that work came because God cursed Adam? That's not right either. Work existed as a blessing to Adam before Adam sinned. Work is pre-sin. God gave Adam work as one of the highest compliments. Think about that. Giving Adam authority and responsibility of this incredible world that he had just created was one of the most incredible compliments God could give Adam. He said to him, here, I started it, but you got this. Now take care of it for me. I mean, think about that. Adam must have gone like, are you serious right now? Really? I get to do what you've been doing. I get to mimic everything you are by co-creating, co-laboring with you on this incredible dirt patch. God says, yes. I've instated you as the head of this place and you're going to manage it and you're going to multiply. You're going to grow this thing and you're going to expand this whole thing over the whole earth. Adam's like, yes, sir, I can, I can do that. Okay. And then, you know, we knew what happened is he, 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 he went and messed it up. But the bottom line is God's intention for us to work never changed, never changed. Work is still part of his mandate for humanity. In fact, now in Christ, work has been redeemed again. What is the curse? The curse is the hardship, the toil, the resistance from this earth, the, the non-compliance of this world to do what we tell, telling, tell it to do, to produce what we tell it to produce. That is the curse. But the beauty of that is, is as we grow in our understanding of our identity and our authority, now we become able to rule over again this world's rebellion and we can call this world back into order. We can start saying God's kingdom is reigning here. His authority is ruling here. So this world will start reproducing or producing again God's, God's purposes and God's plans, these outcomes for me. And if you're not praying like that and you have a business, you're just missing out. If you're not praying like that and you're leading a department or you're working on an assignment, you're just missing out. Because as you pray those prayers, you say, Lord, you redeemed this work for me. This work comes, I can bring this work under the, 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 the redemption of Jesus Christ so that it will accomplish the highest effect. It will accomplish the highest you know, product or, or, or outcome that I am intending it for this, this, this assignment or this, you know, proposal that I'm submitting or, or this class that I'm teaching or, you know, this bill that I'm trying to pass. I'm asking you to come and empower this thing like the day before Adam uh, sinned and earth was compliant. 
Do we reach that full place here? I, 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 in theory, we should be able to because we're fully redeemed, right? But, 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 but we know that there's these two kingdoms on this planet that is in, in, in competition and it's wrestling with one another. And, and that's where our prayer, as we've been speaking for the last five weeks about, becomes so necessary because it unlocks those solutions from heaven. To make sure that the effort we put in starts producing results that is way more than what is natural. Because why? Because we're coming in the spiritual world and we're fighting this thing in the spiritual world. And if there is resistance, we're saying, we're clearing the ground, we're, we're tilling the ground. And so our seed, our, our planting, our watering, our, our growing, our harvesting, our crop is way more than what is necessarily seen around us. To the point where in Daniel, um, Daniel and his friends were trying to live holy according to the custom of their, of their culture and time that God gave them in the midst of an ungodly environment that gave them all kind of um, you know, freedoms that they could just indulge in, but they disciplined themselves and they said, no, we're going to follow God's way of living and, 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 and challenge the people who were over them to say, look, if we're not looking more healthy, stronger, and more effective in our work in a two weeks from now, week or two weeks from now, we'll, we'll start eating what you're feeding these other guys. We'll start doing it your way. But the Bible says they remained faithful. And because they remained faithful and they started doing it God's way, they were tested and then found to be 10 times better than their compatriots. We pray that over our children. And if you don't pray this over your children, you're just missing out because I'm praying it over mine. Okay. I'm praying that they'll be 10 times better in things that they work on than their compatriots. I pray that the kingdom of God will manifest through them as they pursue their work that they are doing right now. I pray that they will get opportunities that they will be seen. I pray that they will be taken out of the bunch and that they will be, be favored above their, their friends and their, their, you know, their peers that don't serve Jesus. If you don't like me praying that, I'm sorry, but I am praying that because that is, I believe, part of our inheritance is to stand out in the way we do things and be recognized because we're just doing it better than the world. And that is what the kingdom of God can help us become and do if we understand his mindsets for work. Many of you have been living in his mindsets for work and have gained the, the you know, I'm sorry about this thing. Let me just fix it before I, I start filling the whole Sunday. Um, thank you. Many of you have been operating in these principles and they've started producing fruit for you, but you don't know why they're producing the fruit. I want, I'm hoping that you start seeing through what we discuss where the fruit is coming from. The first mindset about work is worship is that work is a gift or is a present from God. Work is a gift from God. Work is a gift. And some of you might go, yeah, but I don't have work. Let me reiterate. Work is not what necessarily just brings you money, even though we're going to talk about that. Work is what God gives you to do. God's provision always flows through his assignments. And so you do have work. You just have not necessarily discovered it. Every season has its work that God has for you to do. And we'll, some of the, the next 
messages is going to delve into that. So I really encourage you to come to next week as we talk about work as service and we talk about work as, um, what's the last one? Who's been listening? Mission. Ecclesiastes 5. Ecclesiastes 5. It's one of those books that you don't always read because it seems to be very gloom and doomy, but there's actually some incredible things in it. So let's jump into chapter 5, verse 18 to 20 today. It says this, Then I realized that it's good and proper for a man to eat and drink and find satisfaction in his toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given him, for this is his lot. Moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them, to accept his lot and be happy in his work, this is a gift from God. For he will not much remember the days of his life because he, God keeps him occupied with joy in his heart. God keeps him occupied with joy in his heart. So why does Solomon say work is a gift from God? This is, this is a very deep thought to ponder because you gotta we got to understand the season of life you are in and the fact that God has work for you no matter what. Sometimes, like I, we said this to, to our mom the whole time, our mother, while she was um, bedridden, couldn't walk. We said, mom, your job is to pray for us. Your job is to pray for our grandkids. Your job, your purpose is to, is to contend with the things that we're contending with in the spirit. Please keep praying for us as you've always done. But now with more time, do so more. It doesn't matter where you find yourself. You might be on your last breath. God still has something that you can contribute. Your purpose don't expire until you do. God's heart is for you to be happy in your work too, for work to be a blessing in your life. And I think there are reasons why we, you know, we can be unhappy in our work and probably many more I want to mention too. One is that your work don't line up with your design and your purpose. If what you're doing, having to do five to nine to five every day does not line up with who you are as an individual and, 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 and what God has called you to accomplish, there will be a deep-seated, unsatisfying yearning for something else on the inside. And that will mess with you until you take notice of it, until you do something about it, or until you die. Here. And you're literally just going to exist through the rest of your life. And that, unfortunately, can happen. God can still add benefits to you even if that happens. But God very much wants for work to rather be a blessing to you, something that you enjoy and find happiness in doing. Second, a second reason that I want to uh, express this morning is that we are expecting ungodly things from our work can cause us to be unhappy in our work. If you're seeking, seeking after the wrong kind of happiness, your work will not be able to provide that for you. Here's the reality. We can expect our work to produce uh, uh, um, identity for us. We can expect our work to, to give us worth. Work does not give us worth. At least not the worth that we need 
to find deep-seated satisfaction and joy. We can expect our work to bring us praise of man and accolades and acclaim. If you're, if you're wanting your work to bring that for you, then you will find yourself often unsatisfied because I don't know about you, but 99% of work, don't give that to a person. If you want it just to get riches to spend on your own selfish desires, you will find yourself unsatisfied in your work because how many of you know there's almost not an answer to the question, how much is enough? How much is enough? Some of you might have answered that for yourself out of a correct, a corrected behavior to say, hey, I need to f- define my enough. And when, when I do executive coaching with guys and we're like, okay, good, let's talk about this. How much is enough? And you need to come to terms with that because until you come to terms with how much is enough, you won't know how much God is really releasing to you that's for you or what's through you. And if God can't trust you to release what he brought to you that's supposed to go through you, then he will start he will start drawing back and give you that is enough that it was meant to be for you because he knows you're going to use everything. So how much is enough? If we're expecting ungodly things from our work, we will never be happy in our work. If we expect our work to produce these things for us, it will lead to us not seeing it as a gift, but rather as a necessary evil, even as a curse. And then stress and anxiety takes us over because we're not getting what we want. Here's, the th- here's, here's something I believe. Work is meant to keep us from depressed and anxious thought patterns. Because it gives us a sense of significance to celebrate as time ticks on. There's this verse here, verse 20. For he will not remember much the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with joy in his heart. How many of you know that there is... There is a good thing to be busy with the things of God rather than just be idle minded. How many of you have heard idleness is the devil's? That's where he works out his way for your life. God wants us to work. He wants us to be productive. In 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 10 The last part to 12, it says this, but we urge you brothers, do this more and more. And it refers to the context before it, which is about loving one another. Do this more and more and to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. Be dependent on no one. Uh, Paul was dealing with a group of people that were just lazy and idle. And because they were just lazy and idle, it says that they became busy bodies instead of being bodies that were busy. There's a big difference. Busy bodies are always stirring up strife, always, always criticizing everybody else, always trying to, you know... Um, I mean, the, the word gaslighting has become a new, a new phenomenon in, in recent days, but really that, you know, point to everybody else's problems and mistakes where they're really actually walking in some of the same things. Um, instead of finding something productive and putting hands to the plow and get busy doing it. There is a blessing in being busy. It keeps you out of 
of trouble. It is a gift of God and God meant for it to be a gift to us. The beautiful thing about it is in God's great plan of redemption, work is redeemed. It's no longer necessary to be just toilsome and, um, you know, not producing the outcomes that brings the joy, that brings the, the peace to your heart and mind. But if you don't view it as God's gift to you, if it's just a necessary thing that you have to do, then you're going to be overcome with eventually just the emotional turmoil. And it will lead to you just flipping out, just completely spinning out um, because nobody can, 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 can for, for a long term like that survive. And, and so that's why I said in the beginning, it's like you're going to either be just never happy and have to fight a constant sense of just unsatisfaction, which leads to a whole lot of downness and even depressedness and which leads to you being anxious the whole time because where am I? I'm not doing the right thing. It's not working. What's going on around me? Why isn't this working? And it's definitely one of the causes of us not being happy with our lives is because nothing is ever good enough for us because we don't see the beauty in work. We don't see the beauty in work. And so we want to see work as a gift of God. I liked how the, uh, how, the, how the video said that you might find yourself in a job that you don't like, but you can still live out your purpose no matter, no matter where you are to a degree which will still be able enable you to act positively and act productively in the job that you are while you're trusting God for opportunities that might be of greater alignment. But staying busy, people will say, no, I haven't found the right thing, but they're sitting on the couch. <clears throat> that's just not how God wants it to happen. It's so difficult to steer something that's not moving. You better be moving and God will open up more opportunities. God can redirect. God can put you in, op, uh, in, in connection with people. <coughs> Excuse me. That might lead to a better and a more productive and a more profitable opportunity for you. But go with what you got. Start being productive. Start being productive. Because God... Because work is a gift from God. The second mindset that we need to build into our hearts is the one is that work is a protection from temptation. Work is a protection from temptation. In Ecclesiastes 5 verse 20, it says this, God keeps them occupied with the joy in their hearts. Sometimes too much time to think is a bad thing. How many of you have gotten lost in thought and, and just negative cycle of thinking because you were just sitting around doing nothing. How many of you have felt tempted to sin when you were having too much time to sit around doing nothing? How many times do you find yourself when you are productive, really struggling with temptation? Measure the two and you will find that as when you are productively contending and doing what God has called you to do, you don't have time to consider all the things of life. You know, when you think of life, I, 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 I had a moment a couple of years ago where I was thinking, man, I, I've just spent all of my 30s doing something that I feel was just benefiting other people. I didn't build anything 
that I felt that, man, this is something I'm building for my family and I. And, and man, it led me to a bit of a tailspin there for a minute because I was thinking, my goodness, like, you know, the, those were my, probably my most energetic years that I had before, you know, I reached where I'm now and now I'm like already retired. And I know those of you are sick. You, 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 well, I once said this in the service and Rick, Rick uh, um, Martinez is just, oh, just you wait. <laughs> He's 60 or something or something. I'm like, yeah, I know Rick. Yeah. That's a whole nother level. Pray, pray for grace for y'all. But the bottom line is I can already feel that I'm different from when I was 30. And I felt like I missed out on something and I was depressed about it. Right. I was depressed about it. And, and here's the thing though, is that, if, if you have too much time to think about that, it'll take you out. But thank God for work. Thank God for giving me something to do that was in line with what I needed to do. And it just made me kind of like work through that. And, and, and I find myself now where I'm at. I'm, I'm no longer in that, in that place at all. I'm loving what I'm doing. And... And I didn't get counseling for it. I didn't necessarily have to go and do a big moment of prayer with it. I just got busy doing what God put in front of me to do. And I spent less time thinking about what I didn't have and more time thinking about who I did have that I can love and work with and enjoy a journey with. And it it just lifts you out of that. What do you have in your hands that you can work with? Spend productive time on that and you will have less time just depressing over the things that you don't have yet. Work is a protection from temptation, but it's also a temptation, a protection from, sorry, from, from this, 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 almost this, this existential crisis that we sometimes go into, but it's, or midlife, some people will call it or what, but it's also a protection from real temptation that wants us to sin. Think about um, how, how just corrupt society has become the more and more emphasis on government um, uh, 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 dependence have become more prevalent. Like the more people become dependent on, uh, on sources of income and supporting themselves that is not related to them being productive, the more time they have to think up all kind of evil and things that they're unhappy with and things that they want to change, Right? There is a a direct correlation between when countries go more toward a a place of um, dependency, how how social evils always increase as well in the the process of, of that happening. Why? People just have too much time to think. They have too much time to just be like, you know, I'm I'm unhappy. But work is a gift and work can bring happiness to us. It can bring a sense of purpose and significance and a sense of accomplishment to us that makes us feel great about at least something that I can see that I'm producing something. And when I'm producing something, it gives me that sense of, it gives me that sense of how accomplishment. And these are things that are God given to us. God wants us to grow. He wants us to produce. He wants us to create. Why? Because that's who he is and we're created in his image. And when you stop producing, when you stop creating, when you stop uh, being productive, all of a sudden you start acting in a void. And you ask yourself, who am I? It's time.
time to dig into what God has for you, what God wants you to do. Start thinking, how can I work? Does that mean I have to go and find employment? No, listen carefully. Work is more than employment. Work is productiveness in God's kingdom. Something has to fill the vacuum of time. And when we don't, we find ourselves in all kind of trouble. I don't know if you know the story of, of, of King David in the Bible, how he um, had an affair with a lady called Bathsheba and the conditions he was in before that. Well, the Bible says that when the kings normally go out to war, David was in his castle. David was at home. He did not go out and contend on the battlefield as he was supposed to do. He stepped out of his purpose. He stepped out of his work. He stepped away from being productive. And all of a sudden he found himself wandering around the roof of his palace. Because what do you do when you have nothing to do? You do stupid things. Go wandering around a roof. Why would you wander around a roof? Well, maybe he was out there considering his kingdom and just enjoying the great thing that he had going on there. I don't know what he was doing, but that was just like, and all of a sudden he saw this naked person bathing. And, you know, one thing led to another. And he went and done the great stupidest thing. And don't think that he was just stupid. We're all just one step away from stupid. So we need to stay productive. We need to stay productive. So here's something, if work is a present from God, the proper response of it is to enjoy it, right? God wants us to enjoy this gift that he gave us. And and if work is a protection from temptation, the proper response is to pursue it. Pursue productivity in God's plan. And for us who are in in, in the season of life, that we're we're, we're still almost at of age, but we were in the, the, you know, the mid-range adult situation, That means work for employment. That means finding a job. That means earning some money. Doing something productive with what God has placed on the inside of you. And the third mindset that I want to submit to us today is this, that work is God's primary means of provision. Now, for those of you who are not earning a salary right now, but you're earning some form of retirement income, um, please remember that you worked for that. <laughs> okay. You gave it to somebody to hold on to you for a while. And now, th- now you're living off of that. That's still your work producing. Okay. And you might not be on an hour right now, but very surely there is product productive things that God wants you to take part in. And here's the thing. Work is meant to be a gift. It's meant to be, it's meant to be a, a, a protection from temptation and a, and, a, and a means of provision. And especially so if it's aligned with God's purposes. If it's aligned with God's purposes. So to be honest with you, I don't necessarily think that many of us here has a problem with understanding work as a gift and understanding work as, you know, protection from temptation. Because I generally find that people in the South here have a good work ethic, you know, as far as most people that I've, I've come across. But what I don't often see is I don't often see people understanding how to align and link their work to God's agenda. To God's purpose. How is the kingdom of God coming to this world 
through our work. How are we accomplishing God's plans through our work? And that is something that is really, really important. But work is the primary way God chooses to provide for us. I want to read you a portion of, of Scripture here in 2 Thessalonians. That, and I wonder sometimes if, if, if I were to speak to y'all like Paul here speaks to this church, if, if I would have a church to come back to next week. So I won't speak to you like this ever, okay? But I will allow him to speak to you like this because he's the Apostle Paul, all right? Okay, so this is what Paul says to us today. He says this to me too. So I'm, I'm just a voice in spirit. I'm there on the seats with you all listening. He says, now we command you brothers. That's the first thing. I, I'll be like, oh my goodness, he's commanding people? <laughs> the American mindset, don't respond well to a man commanding another man something. How many of you would agree? Like, we're just like, uh, time out, buddy. Let's bring it in. Let's talk about this commanding stuff, right? All right. Now, now you know what I'm meaning to say. Okay. Don't be commanding none for me no more. Right. Okay. Um, yet, we have to understand the authority of Scripture, right? How many of you have elevated this word above you yet? It's so difficult for us to do. Jesus, help us. It's the difference of receiving Jesus as our Savior versus receiving Jesus as our Lord. If Jesus is just our Savior, then we go about doing life the way we want it, we go about doing everything we wanted and we expect him to just get us to heaven. But if Jesus is our Lord, we come under this word. We don't tell him how we're going to live our lives and he just has to provide enough grace to get us there. No, we come and say, Lord, how would you like me to do this? So with that heart, I want you to listen to what the Bible here declares to us. We command you, brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us because we were not idle when we were with you. Nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it, but with toil and labor we worked day and night that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command, if anyone's not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you are idle, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the, in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly, to earn their own living. And as for you, brothers and sisters, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him that he may be ashamed. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Did y'all read that? <laughs> Yo, that's what we would say right now. <laughs> Yo, 
Jo. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. The heart here is that work is important for God. It is. And again, God gives us work to to bless us. He gives us work to protect us. He gives us work to provide for us. And so often we have made work something that is different from what he, he wanted and intended it to be. You know, when the Israelites entered the promised land, we, we sometimes think of, of retirement as our promised land, right? <laughs> I'm going to reach my promised land. You know what happened to the Israelites when they entered the promised land? They had to start working. <laughs> They had to start fighting. They had to start contending. They had to put leadership in place. They had to, um, they had to divide property. They had to manage uh, uh, boundaries. They had, to, they had to, you know, contend with people betraying them. They had to decide whether they were going to, you know, go into agreements with certain people or not. They, they had to, they had to, they had to work (laughs) and they had to work a lot. And I don't know if you remember this, but up till then they were in the wilderness, right? And we go like, oh, the wilderness, y'all, they got free food every single day. And, and, and uh, many, enough on Saturday to hold them over to Sunday. They got free food. And they never had to work for it. For me, that sounds like land of milk and honey, right? Now, I know the desert part isn't that comfortable. But, man, the Bible says here in, in, the, in, 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 in Joshua. No, 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 sorry. In, in uh, um, Exodus. When they, when they crossed over the Jordan, all of a sudden they had to start doing things God's way. God said to Joshua, look, the generation that was born in the desert or, or, or came out of Egypt as children and now became adults, they were never, they were never circumcised. And so before you all move any further into this promised land, Y'all need to get all these people circumcised. What is that? That is, if, and I mean, I know it's, it's kind of like, you know, graphic, but just remember what it was. It was, a, it was a covenant sign. It was a sign that these were now the people of God aligned with God's family, aligned with his will, right? And so for us moving into our promised land, and that's just not, not necessarily just in the context of retirement, but in any formal way, moving into what, we, what we're pursuing, the blessing of God on our lives, provision of God of our lives, it, re, it requires us to sign up for His way of doing things, relationship with Him, covenant with Him. There's something about the Lordship of Jesus Christ that does not, you cannot escape that. 
There's something about not just wanting to be saved, but keep doing my life as I wanted it, but submitting my life to Christ and His leadership. And allowing Him to define my season, define my way of doing things. He is ultimately Lord. And then it says that they, they, they went into the promised land, they healed of you know, the, the, the operations that they went through, and when they ate of the produce of the promised land, the manna stopped. The minute they stepped into the promised land, the miraculous provision stopped. And all of a sudden they had to contend for their food, for their provision. The land of milk and honey, the promised land, their inheritance, their blessing. No miraculous food. <laughs> God helped them. Miracles. Here, when they, when they faced the one nation. But if they didn't do it his way, the other nation beat the heck out of them. There was something about stepping into a covenant with God that required them to walk his way, not our it's difficult, I know. It takes humility. It takes a rewiring. We are so used to define for ourselves what we will chase after, what we will pursue, what we will become, and how we will do that. But God is calling us into this mindset that work is first and foremost what He gives us to do. Secondly, it's a gift that protects us. And it provides for us. Proverbs 28, 19, I'm ending. He who works his land will have abundant food, but he who chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. If work is a primary means of provision, the proper response to it is to thank God for it and to pursue it and to enjoy it. So which one of these mindsets do you have to work on to start Changing your attitude about Monday. Which one of these mindsets will, will benefit you in rethinking your work and asking God, how can, how can this work become more enjoyable to you? What can you do in your work that links it to God's purpose for your life so that you will be productive and occupied with the joy and the product that you produce from it? And not be focused on what you don't have. Not be focused on what hasn't come through yet. But really thank God for the blessing that you've received with it and in it. What has God told you to do? In what season you're in? And then be productive in that. Be productive in that. Because from that will come provision. From that will come the blessing and the joy. The only thing God does not want us to do is nothing. <laughs> so how can you get employed by heaven again? And how can you worship God through work? You're going you're gonna to go think about that this week. and It's not something that I can like command you. <laughs> it's something that I'm appealing for us to start harboring 
in our hearts, the mindset, the attitude of being thankful and enjoying what we do, not just here at church, but every single day of our lives. Next week, we're going to talk about work as service. And we're going to see a little bit more how the picture starts getting color. I've drawn the frame here today. Come next week. And then the week after that, we'll start seeing just the incredible power that is released through your work. Not just the testimony at work, your work itself. Your work itself. Let's stand together today as we close. Heavenly Father, we, we ask in Jesus' name that you help us to come to terms with mindsets of the kingdom that are different from mindsets of our humanity. Perspectives and attitudes that you meant for us to have, but we have not been taught that because there was always this divide between what is religion and what is secular, what is my job and what is my faith. And we've been taught to separate these things the whole time and keep them out of one another's spaces. And so we've never contended, God, with your desire for our jobs, for our work, for our purpose, God. And so we come in the name of Jesus and ask that you will start speaking your truth and reminding us of your truth about work and about our purpose and how that is glorifying to you if we do it as if unto you. Father, I pray for every person here that might go out tomorrow morning when they arrive at work, they will say, God, thank you for this gift. Thank you for this gift. Thank you for providing for me through it. God, show me how I need to glorify you within it. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.